the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Seth Leibson Show. Well, welcome back. September, Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. I am Seth Leibson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. That's 602 602- Fifty eighty nine sixty. If you do call us, you will talk to most likely our producer pro tem today, who is Jeremy, sitting in for Bill. Bill will return tomorrow. Jeremy, it is always great to have you. Thank you for joining us. Happy to do it. Sorry for the downgrade, but uh, oh no 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 downgrade no downgrade. You're um you are uh, let's say uh, Pari Pasu. I will take this. Yes. We can call that. That's your new nickname, Pari Pasu. Oh, great. I got another new nickname. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a headline uh, from a major report in the Arizona Republic today, quote, Arizona kids are losing their lives to counterfeit pills containing fentanyl. The COVID-19 pandemic, this is the sub, uh, sub uh, headline, the second part of the headline, the COVID-19 pandemic and social media may share the blame for fentanyl deaths, more than doubling in Arizona kids 17 and younger. Focus on that for a moment. Doubling of fentanyl deaths, Arizona kids 17 and younger. The COVID-19 pandemic and social media may share the blame is the subplot. The COVID-19 pandemic may share the blame. Let's adjust that, shall we? Not the COVID pandemic. There is no relationship between the coronavirus, which took less children's lives than annual accidental drownings, which is to say we radically upended all of our children's social and educational and recreational lives at the snap of a finger over the concern that four one thousandths of a percent of our children might be negatively affected otherwise. So the adjustment to the headline would be this, not the COVID-19 pandemic may share the blame, but rather the response to the COVID-19 pandemic and social media share the blame, not COVID-19, the response to it. The hysterical, immovable, adamantine, shaming, self-serving, self-soothing response using our children as instruments and tools to palliate the anxieties of adults. And so today we find ourselves in the midst of an educational and mental health crisis. The education crisis is from learning loss. While the teachers unions told us learning loss would be and was a myth, we now have the results of the theoretical proving the actual. According to the National Assessment of Education Progress, known as the nation's report card, average scores for nine-year-old students fell five points in reading and seven points in math this year compared to the previous. That marks the first ever score decline in math and the largest decline in reading since 1990. It gets worse. 
Declines were worse for students who were already struggling. Scores for students in the 10th and 25th, 25th percentiles declined more sharply than scores for students in the 75th or 90th percentiles. And yet we're still. Black students' math scores dropped 13 points compared to 5 points for white students, widening the gap between white and black student scores from 25 points in 2020 to 33 points in 2022. The widest that achievement gap has been since Jimmy Carter was president. Let us recall, most of the damage of school closings was done during the years of Black Lives Matter. We who warned of this, and we did, and early, were shunned, shamed, and silenced. Then, aside from the educational outcomes, there's the mental health outcomes from the insanity of torturing our children. Reporting from Fox News, 70% of U.S. public schools, 70% of U.S. public schools have reported an increase in students seeking mental health services since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. More than three-quarters, 76% of public schools, also reported an increase in concerns from staff regarding their students' depression, anxiety, and trauma since the coronavirus pandemic began. This is all according to the National Center for Education Statistics, which is part of the U.S. Department of Education. Great work, all of that. We created unnecessary problems in order to calm and temper the paranoia of adults. Problems for children to calm the paranoia of adults. And we shamed kids along the way, didn't we? And families, too. If the child or family was not buying into the craze and the frenzy, had second thoughts about masking or vaxxing, they were shamed as dangers and as responsible for diseases and deaths of others. Today... It's rapidly becoming conventional wisdom, or at least we are seeing a lot of buyer's remorse on those things, on vaccines. How many people do you know say to those who never got them, they kind of wish they never got them? That number will grow. Vaccines are now being seen as affecting young women's menstrual cycles and also ending up in mother's breast milk. All this while there is still a baby formula shortage, by the way, in case you wanted to do something about that. All this while misinformation and disinformation were the watchwords for those of us skeptical of everything from school closures to vaccine and mask mandates. Now, keep in mind, it wasn't just the schools that shut down or the teachers unions that helped keep them shut down, including colluding with the CDC on their preferred language for CDC guidance that the CDC happily supped up and deployed. It was everything that went with it. Of course, yes, the fear and panic, two terrible things to raise children with, but also everything that civil society relies on to help overcome anti or asocial thoughts and behavior. Religious service closures, 12-step meeting closures, gym and exercise closures, park closures, after-school club closures, after-school athletic closures. Just about everything we rely upon to maintain civil society and youth health Shut down and with gusto and again with moral indignation, cum shaming of those who were skeptical. So, to put it mildly, more people in Arizona died from a fentanyl poisoning last year 
than all Arizonans under the age of 45 died from COVID ever since it broke out in 2020. Can I do that again? More people in Arizona died from a fentanyl poisoning last year than all Arizonans under the age of 45 died from COVID in the course of two and a half years. Do you get the sense that we are misprioritizing things here? Do you get the sense we're as serious about the fentanyl crisis as we were COVID-19? Some may say, well, COVID was novel and we didn't know what was going on. Well, mental health issues and drug abuse wasn't new or novel or a new concern. And yeah, we pretty much did know early on that COVID was not affecting children the way it was the elderly and the obese. I have news stories from March of 2020, March of 2020, claiming children will not be affected by COVID the way that adults would be. We have stories from July of 2020 stating children do not spread it the way adults do. And in May of 2020, Bill Bennett and I had an op-ed in Fox News that began this way. Let me quote. H.G. Wells once said, human history becomes more and more a race between education and catastrophe. Closing our schools out of fear of COVID-19 is such a catastrophe. And more and more fear of the coronavirus was spreading. As more and more fear of the coronavirus was spreading throughout March, schools were closing and indefinitely, right when we were writing this. And in short order, Nearly 57 million elementary and secondary students had their daily and routine educational and social life turned upside down. Schools were closed and all of our nation's children were furloughed. We went on to write in that op-ed, quote, The closings have caused and will cause even more social damage for a great many of these children and their parents than the coronavirus ever will. All to protect children from a disease that will not directly affect them. There were other studies at the time, by the way. We cited the British Medical Journal, pretty substantial organ that. We cited the British Medical Journal in our op-ed, which said that, quote, children have not played a substantive role in the intra-household transmission of coronavirus. Again, this is May of 2020. What we wrote then should have been the argument of every children's and education organization in the country. Instead, most ignored or condemned us. Nonetheless, you tell us who was right, them or us, when we wrote this, quote, the standard argument that social policy is often deployed or changed in the name of to protect our children has been turned on its head. Adults have engaged in some of the most dramatic social policy, social policy change in our history for something that will not harm children while their solutions will. Their educational deficits will be the least of it. Schools and after-school programs, sports, after all, are not just the center of our children's education and social lives. They are often the place and sometimes the only place where many children receive nutritional meals and have strong adult presences and are safe from harmful drugs as well as harmful adults. For those children who are in functional homes, parents already taxed from work and other coronavirus policy stresses are taking on added responsibilities and work. The radical decisions to close schools will not end well for too many children and adults, we wrote. And now, today, with no apologies from Dr. Fauci or Dr. Walensky or the National Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or the governors and mayors, we have a real crisis on our hands. 
a crisis there is no vaccine for, a crisis that overlays educational deficits on top of mental health problems and is accelerated and exacerbated by rising dangerous illegal drug use. I often invoke the Roman myth of the god Saturn. He ate his children because he was afraid of them. Or as Hannah Arendt put it, quote, have we now come to the point where it is the children who are being asked to change or improve the world? And do we intend to have our political battles fought out in the schoolyards of our country? She asked that question in the 1950s. The answer is yes. And with no compunction, regret, pang of conscience, or apology. We live in a culture which at times seems almost dedicated to the corruption of the young, to assuring the loss of their innocence before their time. And my worry is that people are not unsettled enough. I don't think we are angry enough. We have become inured to the cultural rot that is setting in. We are getting used to it, even though it is not a good thing to get used to. People are experiencing atrocity overload, losing their capacity for shock, disgust, outrage. We've numbed ourselves with such overload of frenzy. Here's the problem with experimenting on the known and the calm, upsetting massive learned best practices, procedures, and policies. You can reimagine everything if you want. But when you reimagine everything that has worked and does work, short of reaching a utopia which is by definition impossible, you are living in dreamland or perhaps Plato's cave. Our task is to enlighten that dark cave. Otherwise, we'll soon be getting too used to the modern fashion of not thinking and not thinking seriously about the most serious things we should be thinking about right now. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show with our uh, guest producer known as Pari Pasu. Uh, portions of this show. <laughs> Did you even look that up, Jared? Did we give, teach you a little Latin today? You are teaching me, yes. Yeah, it just means on equal footing. It means, you know, in the same space as, in the same plot as, on the same level as. Par- That's something I can live with. Yeah, Pari Pasu with Bill. <laughs> for those of you looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity, great return for investors, do check out my friends at Y Refi. They are my friends, and they are a great, great team. What they're offering up is a fixed interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y Refi, a due diligence approved firm. Just investors doing really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that, too. If you're interested, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com, investyrefi.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Uh, regular listeners uh, will know that... Um, 
the two things I suggest, I recommend maybe, uh, for trying to understand the head-scratching times that we're in, what explains this moment, what explains these times, I think the two things to read are George Orwell's 1984, how eerie it is when you do read it, or uh, a little shorter, uh, an essay written by uh, the uh, the uh, recently deceased Vaclav Havel. Vaclav Havel was called upon to be the prime minister of the Czech Republic once it became free. Before it became free, he was uh, a poet uh, in, uh, of, of, well, of great renown in, uh, in Czechoslovakia, imprisoned by the communists, who wrote a great essay also explaining our times very well. 1978, you can get it online, The Power of the Powerlessness. The Power of the Powerlessness. And in that essay, he writes a lot, but one of my favorite lines in there, he says, because the regime is captive to its own lies, it must falsify everything. It falsifies the past, it falsifies the present, and it falsifies the future. It falsifies statistics, it pretends not to possess an omnipotent and unprincipled police apparatus, it pretends to respect human rights, it pretends to persecute no one. It pretends to fear nothing. It pretends to pretend nothing. It pretends to pretend nothing. This may not be the biggest slip of Joe Biden's presidency, the biggest acknowledgement of his being non compass mentis, to continue with our Latin lesson today. But he was speaking today at a White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health, recognizing the various Congress people in attendance. And he said this. Representative, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here to help make this a reality. Yeah. Jackie Walorski is who he's looking for. He's looking for Jackie Walorski, a congresswoman who would have otherwise been there. The problem is she was killed a month ago in a car accident. Everyone knew this. Members of the Congress went there. Presumably the president even consoled the family. Now, again, there are bigger mistakes presidents make, but the accumulation of evidence that this man does not have his wits was brought up today to Karine Jean-Pierre in a White House press conference. She is the the press secretary, and this took place. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. So so the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind. Do you get that? He's looking to call her out in the audience. She died a month ago, and the press secretary wants you to believe he was, quote, acknowledging her incredible work. She was on his mind, top of his mind. This isn't going to go on forever, folks. It pretends to pretend nothing at memory holes in real time. 
notice lately Joe Biden walking off stage, people uh, either with canes or wheelchairs with him. I, I wonder, I just wonder if the point of that is to show him to be more steady and more sturdy by contrast and comparison, meaning no disrespect at all. It's an odd thing to see so many people uh, with canes and wheelchairs with him, isn't it? You don't usually see that. I wonder if that's deliberate to make him look stronger. We'll be right back. I don't mind you coming here Wasting all my time Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us the great John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates, the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is their website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. And he has his own radio show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How's my main man, John? Doing great, Seth. Thank you. How you doing? Good. Can Excellent. I do a circle back from yesterday? Yeah. You mentioned yesterday that the market metrics showed the stocks were a bit oversold. Today, everything up, 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 right? Yeah, we, we, we started to see signs of this, you know, on Monday. Then we saw, you know, yesterday. And then today, uh, it certainly worked its way through. And a lot of uh, buyers came into the market today and supported a nice uh, rally in the markets. The NASDAQ up over 2% today. And the Dow and the S&P both up very uh, in the high, you know, one plus percent range. So it was a good day for stocks today. And uh, the key is going to be is to see if we could see some follow through with this tomorrow uh, where we continue to have some support here. And we may start to see, you know, some type of a leveling off of, of the fear that we've been seeing. Good. Thank you for that, John. Um, one looks at um, uh, any number of I, – I, I don't know what your favorite uh, in, uh, news site is to, to check the markets and stocks. I'll, I, I vacillate between the Wall Street Journal and CNBC, yeah. um, mm-hmm. very common ones. And uh, CNBC has the Dow, the S&P up, has oil down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do, does that tell us anything, or is that usually a proportional relationship or an yeah, inverse we're, relationship? We're seeing commodities yeah. you know, starting to fall. Okay. We're seeing gold prices fall, silver prices, and, and you know, precious metals in general, uh, oil prices, uh, the cost of uh, other goods out there falling, which does have a positive effect, right, because all of those things trickle down ultimately to the bottom line of companies' profits. And so when we're seeing that the interest rate hikes that have occurred – uh, certainly are having an impact. Maybe some believe it was too too many increases, too much and too soon and too quick, right? But uh, overall, uh, today uh, seems to be a, a potential pivotal day. Uh, we'll see if it can keep moving uh, higher in the markets or not. And, and of course, obviously, Grand Canyon planning, it's in your name. We're planning, obviously. Yes. You have some people make their livings off stocks, but most, sure. most people are looking towards, uh, to the stock market for, for, for things for the future. Yeah. Uh, for the here and now, there's still an awful lot of pain. Yes. Even for those who do depend on the, uh, what dividends or returns from the stock market for the, st- from the stock markets. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal, middle income households feel bigger pinch from inflation. I suppose <clears throat> that's not news exactly, and certainly not news to those in the middle class. Right. But there is something still very much harming uh, the basics of our economy right now. There, there's no question, Seth. Inflation is still here. That eight percent number yep. is is a forty year high. We understand that, and and we have seen um, you know wages to a degree increasing, but not enough to keep up with inflation. Right. You know, if someone gets a, a 1%, 2%, 3% uh, 
uh, raise, you know, if they're working at a company yep. and their annual raise, yep. that's considered maybe somewhere normal. Yep. Uh, but if you've got an 8% inflation rate, how does that help that employee, that right. middle-class employee maybe is working two jobs or there's a two-income, you know, household where they're trying to make ends meet? Now, if you're planning on going out and trying to buy a home with a higher interest rate on a mortgage that could make something unaffordable to that uh, middle-class family. Or if you are renting right yeah. now and your lease is expiring yeah. and your landlord is increasing your yeah. rent, not to three, four percent or even eight percent, but maybe 15 or 20 yeah. percent. Yeah. All of those things are adding up. That middle class is getting hurt by this additional tax, which is inflation, which is the policies that we're seeing of the current administration uh, is certainly causing a lot of these uh, these, Yeah, think uh, about that catch-22. You outlined it well, John. Think about that catch-22. If you're renting and rent is going up, uh, so you have a choice of paying more rent or perhaps trying to do what a lot of people in the middle class do or even in the under uh, lower middle classes, which is to buy a home. You right. do, no, normally need a mortgage. That's gone up. Yeah. And, and it's going up again. <laughs> and if your income's not going yeah. up to, uh, right. you know, to offset yeah. that uh, difference in payment, then you're not going to be able to qualify. And, you know, the sad part of this, Seth, is, is that the two sides are hurting each other, right? Higher interest rates right. are stopping someone from buying a home. Right. It's forcing more people to rent. So now there's an abundance of people who want to rent, not enough housing. Yeah. And guess what? It's just supply and demand. The cost of renting is going up. It's ca- it's catch 44, not catch 22. Catch- yeah, <laughs> okay, right. yeah, and with yeah. the inflation we have today, yes. Exactly. J.D., thank you, though, for your insights always. You bet, Seth. And you if bet. Anyone out there would like to schedule a complimentary consultation, go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. You can request one there. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and CIPIC, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, and affiliate. Thank you, Fastest tongue and brain in the West. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Maybe you'd shoot straighter than you do. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. I love this company. Chris Funk has put together a tremendous team, just fantastic. They're available for you 24-7 for any air conditioning, heating, plumbing needs you may have. Inspection, repair, replacement, new, installation, you name it. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. 623-748-4942. 623-748-4942. Or you can check them out online at cooltouch.us. Cooltouch.us. Only company I use. Only company my friends use. Uh, let me pick up off uh, something uh, John Dombrowski and I were discussing in the previous segment on the economy and the economic spin this White House wages. Uh, David Winston uh, over at Roll Call has a great op-ed. He starts by quoting um, Rex Stout. You know that name? Do you remember Nero Wolf? He was the creator of Nero Wolf. He said there are two kinds of statistics, the kind you look up and the kind you make up. Nowhere does that play out more evidently than the economic policy area. The Democrats have raised the issue of cherry-picking data into an art form. So with less than six weeks until the elections and the economy topping the list of voter concerns, here are some 
critical numbers. Again, you can get this roll call if you want. President Joe Biden would have you believe that inflation, one of the country's top two issues, is zero. That's what he said in 60 Minutes. As he likes to put it, it's at zero or just an inch. Another phraseology of his. A deep dive into the Consumer Price Index shows that the Democrats' happy talk on inflation is nothing more than happy talk. Here's a quick comparison of year-over-year inflation data for key consumer categories in January 2021. These are the numbers Joe Biden inherited, and the same data, by the way, for August 2022. January 2021, 1.4%. August 2022, 8.3%. That's the overall consumer price index. It was 1.4% when Biden came into office. It's 8.3% now. Gasoline. January of 2021, when he came into office, down 8.6%. Today, up 25.6%. How about food? In January, 3.7%. August 2022, 13.5%. How about electricity? Consumer price index for electricity when Joe Biden came into office was 1.5%. Today, 15.8%. This is the thing he wants you to drive to, literally, electricity. It's up about 14% since he's taken office. Medical care, January 21, when he came into office, 1.9%. Today, 5.5%. Clothing, down 2.5% today, up 5.1%. How about economic growth? White House Press Secretary Karin Jean Brer has been consistent in her attempts to sell the idea that last year's economic growth was historic and that the American economy is strong and heading in the right direction. One has to guess what the heck she's talking about. Here's how she put it Friday when asked about the pace of economic growth. Quote, So I talked about this a little bit already, how we're coming off of last year's historic economic growth. And a lot of that is because of the work of this president, the Democrats in Congress, passing the American Rescue Plan, which puts us in a position where we saw the most stable growth, strongest growth that we have seen in modern history. Strongest growth that we have seen in modern history. Ronald Reagan delivered four higher quarters of economic growth than Biden. Four higher quarters. Reagan, 1983, second quarter, 9.4%. Third quarter, 8.2%. Fourth quarter, 8.6%. Reagan, 1984, first quarter, 8.1%. Biden, by contrast, his very first quarter, 6.3%. Second quarter, 6.7%. Third, 2.3%. First quarter this year, down 1.6%. Second quarter, down a little over half of a percent. Well, I guess she can talk about strongest growth we have seen in modern history if she eliminates the 1980s. Maybe that's not modern history for her. The first two quarters of this year, the gross domestic product has been underwater, putting the country in a recession, which is a word this White House refuses to admit to or use. Unemployment. Last week, Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, said at the Atlantic Festival, quote, it's easy to forget that when Joe Biden came to office, we turn on the TV at night. People were in line in football stadiums looking for a box of food. The unemployment rate was nearly 10 percent. Actually, 
It was the Trump administration that faced the highest unemployment rate during the COVID-19 pandemic at 14.7% in April of 2020 as the country was reeling from lockdowns. By the time Biden came into office, there was a vaccine and distribution. The economy was recovering and unemployment had been cut by more than eight points under the same Trump administration to 6.4%, a testament to the strength of Trump's pre-COVID economy. Also worth noting, During those last nine months of the Trump administration, the Trump administration created 12.5 million jobs. Biden claims to create 9.7 million. In fact, it took the Biden administration 18 months to get the unemployment rate down to its recent low of 3.5% in July. August saw it tick up again, and truth be told, since Biden took office, the country managed only last month to finally recoup the losses during the pandemic. You can do this with the stock market. On Inauguration Day for Joe Biden, the Dow was at 31,188, the Nasdaq at 13,457. On Monday, the Dow had sunk to 29,261, with the Nasdaq 10,803. Yet only a week ago, when Biden was asked about the plunging stock market after the latest inflation numbers were, were released, he seemed to have the classic Alfred E. Newman moment with the what-me-worry attitude when he told reporters the stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the state of the economy, as you well know. The economy is strong. I think we're going to be fine. Does it bother you when the president of the United States says, I think we're going to be fine? Is that what you get from his states of the, I think we'll be okay. I think we're going to be fine. Tell me what you're doing about it to make us get to fine, to have us get to better. Tell that to the approximately 145 million Americans invested in the stock market who've seen losses in the neighborhood of $9 trillion since January, or public pensions, which the Wall Street Journal reported returning a medium minus 7.9% for the fiscal year ending June 30th. The worst losses since 2009 when he was vice president. Or tell the retirees, people with IRAs ready to retire, corporate 401k holders, and others trying to save for the future. We're waiting for fine, sir. We're waiting. And you're thinking it's going to get there. Ain't going to get it there. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. Best product I've ever taken. I've been taking it for about three years. I used to, before I took Balance of Nature, I'd get sick several times a year, like whenever the seasons would change, like right about now. Hasn't happened to me since I've been taking Balance of Nature. One daily dose gives you a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. Pure, potent plant power, 100%. Pure, no additives, no colors, no preservatives, no sweeteners or sugars of any kind, and third-party tested for all form and manner 
of impurities. As I say, the best product I've ever taken. It won't take you weeks to figure out if it's working for you. I mean, it will if you want to do your year-long test, I suppose, <laughs> about whether you get sick or not. But it will notice. you will notice it within days because you're surging that potent stuff right into your body. Balance of Nature, their fruits and veggies, balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Seven uh, lunch meeting with some folks, and I was talking about some of my concerns about uh, this election, uh, thinking uh, that it's going to be a little closer than I thought it would have been two months ago or three months ago. And uh, I was catching myself as I was talking because I don't don't want to be a damper about things. I want us to roll up our sleeves and pull up our socks and work as hard as possible. This is no time to go wobbly, if I can uh, paraphrase Margaret Thatcher. Uh, Balancing some of the concerns I have, though, thank you, uh, Byron York, He writes uh, that each election has its own dynamic, but in midterm elections, in every midterm election since 1946, when a president has more than 50 percent job approval, when a president has had more than 50 percent job approval, his party has lost an average of 14 seats. When the president's approval has been less than 50 percent, as Biden's is by a considerable margin right now, party loses an average of 37 seats, an average of 37 seats. So while I am nervous and while I am worried and while I counsel greater effort, not less, not resting on our laurels, but going and planting seeds and flowers for November to to, uh, smell the flowers in November, I don't want to be overly pessimistic either. I don't want to be overly pessimistic, but if we know these stats, you know who knows them as well? The Democrats. So they're going to be working additionally hard as well to staunch that bleed of an average of 37 seats lost, getting it probably somewhere closer to that 14 number. Don't let up. Don't let up on any of the issues. Don't let up on the economy, as we were just talking about. Don't let up on crime. Don't let up on the border. Don't let up on the middle class. Don't let up on America. And most importantly, your fellow Americans. You're doing it for them. You're doing it for us. It's an us thing. It's a we thing. It's first person plural. I'm Seth Leaps, and there is a lot more coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.